All right. What's up, guys? Welcome back to That's the <laughs> Angle. And today I'm joined with Davin Gentry. What's up, dude? Going on, boss. Gentry, just to just for the people out there. Damn it. I am two for two for saying your name wrong whenever I introduce you. <laughs> what was it last time? What did you say last time? Dude, on our first interview, I said David. And it was so funny because I was trying so hard to not mess that up in my subconscious. Oh, like, let it slip and I said it. Now I just fucked up your last name. Whatever, dude. It's all good. I'll mess up your yeah, middle name next good. time. Yeah. But uh, no, just real quick. I don't know if you can mess up Keith. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, real quick, could you introduce yourself in case people don't know you? Uh, sure. I'm um, Davin Gentry from Madisonville, Kentucky. I live in Los Angeles and also in Northern Virginia. I kind of bounce back and forth right now. So um, I'm a fashion designer, creative, uh, I guess, consultant, um, really yep. just, a, just a creative in general. Yeah. Oh, and I, have, uh, I have a brand, Diet Starts Monday, and then I also freelance design for a couple other brands. I love how you just kind of forgot that you had a really big brand called Diet Starts Monday. <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, I mean, I kind of just like assumed that people that are watching, at least if I send it out, the people know me, but obviously you have different audience than I have. So, yeah, you know, I, that's how I always kind of figure it's like someone on my YouTube channel will come see us and they'll be like, who's this guy? Dart Stars Monday. Yeah, I just let you introduce right. yourself. I'll give a little context. And by the way, um, I interviewed Davin, oh, I think it was like two years ago, man. Yeah, it was, a. Uh, was it two? Yeah, I think it was too. And so if you're interested in his like backstory, how he came up, the grind, all that fun uh, superhero story stuff, you can check out the interview on the YouTube channel or the podcast. But today, we're just having fun and talking, my friend. Sounds good to me. Yeah, dude. So what's up, dude? Uh, you're in VA right now? You're not in LA? Yeah, I'm in VA. I came, um, I came out. Uh, I actually came back to do a podcast. Uh, we were going to do it like the end of March or April, yeah. beginning of April. I can't remember. Um, but I came back to do that. And and I really just stayed here to to quarantine out here with the fam. Um, oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, oh, for sure. I mean, I, um, I mean, I, I bounce back and forth. Like I said, I come back every few weeks to begin with. So I kind of just had it timed out to where I knew that. I would be flying back the same time I would be scheduled to do your podcast. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, I really didn't expect this to kind of, I guess, last this long or be this, uh, I don't know, just be this, such an intense lockdown for this long. Um, dude, so, dude, I know, man, it's, it's kind of insane how long it is. I think we're going on like three months. Like I've put, I've pushed back my art exhibition like, like twice already. Like everything. I, I don't even know when to plan anything anymore. Yeah, that's the same. I, I was supposed to go to Miami uh, just for like some spring break stuff. That was the beginning of April and that got that got canceled. And then obviously all the business stuff is just kind of like just been up in the air. Like we have, we have a few big projects that 
are supposed to they were supposed to launch around june july and those are mm -hmm. probably looking at like early 2021 now at this point so it's wow. just uh it's just crazy i mean especially when you when you're doing like that's a puma that's a puma collab and so when you're doing projects with these these huge corporations like their their production schedule is just such a it's just such a different process that like one little hiccup causes a, a three-month delay and so this is obviously not a little hiccup this is a big yeah. one so we're pushed back to the next really the next two quarters so it's uh it's That's definitely crazy, been like it's definitely yeah. been i don't know weird to adjust to yeah it's crazy it's like a hiccup that you don't know when it's going to stop like we can't definitively say yeah in in july it's all over in june it's all over and then worry about like public perception but with puma can you talk about what you're doing with them i'm kind of curious yeah so i have a it's a diastars monday collab we have a couple i think there's two shoes uh, a full clothing capsule and then like a, a travel a travel capsule so like Whoa. the whole thing is the whole thing is based around travel like the shoes are are they're they're sneakers but they're like comfortable like sneakers that you would definitely want to put on to wear on the plane or whatever um the clothing is all kind of like kind of travel inspired and then obviously the luggage the really the luggage was like the the most important component to the to the project and there were a couple of times where the where the luggage was like yeah they were wanting to uh, possibly scrap it just because of how long it would take to make it and that was really just like the main thing i was like this is like if nothing else gets made like the luggage is what makes this whole thing make sense so luckily it, it all kind of like it i ended up getting to make probably like 75 percent of what i wanted to make uh, but that's just kind of like the the give and take of these partnerships is you go in wanting to make X, Y, and Z, they come in wanting to make A, B, C, and then you mm. meet in the middle at whatever the middle of the alphabet is. But um, but it starts with them being like, we want your sauce on this project, kind of like breathe right. some of your cool Diet Starts Monday swag into, into this project. What what they, what was it about they the luggage? They, like, uh -huh. they, they do like, they, they call them like energy projects projects that bring energy new energy into the brand uh what were you saying about the luggage uh i was just saying like what is about the luggage that you love so much that seems like such like an obscure obscure thing i mean it's it's kind of just a i guess like a selfish um desire but everything that i use like on a i want i mean it's almost on a daily basis because i travel so much before this this quarantine but um everything that i use i i want to make my own version of it if i can if i feel like that there's something new i can bring to it if there's a lot of stuff where i would love to make but if i can't do it better than the people who are already doing it or mm -hmm. bring something fresh to it then i just i just leave it alone but luggage i just felt like that was something that I wanted to I wanted to take a, a stab at and it's actually an idea that I was pursuing before Puma, but I just didn't really have the resources to pull it off. 
just because luggage is just like a different, like you got to pay for molds and the minimums are crazy and, and all of this oh. stuff. Yeah. They got so the resources. As, yeah, for sure. And then as soon as, as soon as the Puma conversation started, like, and then they told me that they have, basically they have uh, an accessories company that they acquired that manufactures luggage and travel accessories and stuff. So it kind of just made sense. Um, did but, you put a did you put a smell proof compartment in the luggage? Because I feel like whenever I'm traveling, like shipping my weeds, always my biggest fear. <laughs> no, I actually didn't because I don't I don't have those those problems. But um, <laughs> hey, it's not a problem. <laughs> I mean, not a well, problem. I guess, but that's that, that's a. Uh, oh, oh I get what you mean, like like a problem for transporting it. Right. Exactly. Oh, okay. Not like a problem. Like you have a problem. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's sick. I mean, that's got to be a huge benefit of like partnering with a big company like that because they kind of get your, they, they get to add their sauce to their energy. What is it? An energy collection you said? Yeah. They just, I mean, each brand calls it something different. Nike calls it energy. Puma, they've, people have referred to it as energy, but yeah, it's, it's basically just exactly what you're saying. It's, we want to friend. So basically there's a new shoe that was set to launch uh around back to school so around july august and they wanted us to come in and drive energy towards that silhouette so they basically mm. they basically say like here's the silhouette what would you want to do to it and so then i put my as you say i put my sauce on it sauce. and <laughs> and um and then we hope that it, it drives energy towards it the same way we did with the sandal like that was a a sandal that we did with a, a company from Brazil that didn't have energy in the U.S. And so we put our spin on it and created that buzz around the brand. So it's, it's, um, it can be mutual, mutually beneficial for both sides. It's just, you gotta, uh, sometimes it's, it's tough. Like sometimes you it's mean, really, you mean that, really that, that sandal you did that kind of had like the, the yellow strap that you did a right. couple years ago? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, a company that's from Brazil. And um, Sounds dope. yeah, those were honestly like I've been reaching out to them trying to pursue part two of that, that collab. But a lot of the people that we worked with on that project have since gone on to different companies and it hasn't, uh, it hasn't really led anywhere, but I mean, that's, again, that's a, like sandal is like a, a flip flop, a slide, a sandal, like whatever you want to call it, but that's, that's a summer staple. And obviously this was kind of like a, a more premium version of that, but. Dude, I would die for a dope sandal right now, dude. I'm wearing these like weird busted beach sandals. I feel like an inside like shoe would be so sick right now. Like an inside sort of I, sandal or something like that. I'll, uh, this is obviously, this isn't any type of plug cause I don't have any affiliation with them, but I got these Uggs that are, they're like, I mean, they're house shoes, but they kind of have like a sandal vibe, but they have another version that is like open toed. And it, I think it might have the same material, but I've been, I've been eyeing those since I can't since I can't make part two of my, my sandal collection happen yet, I've been, 
I've been eyeing these Uggs, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see if it's also, it's one of those things like people ask us all the time for those sandals. So if this company doesn't like play ball, then I'm just going to end up making my own version a little bit better than, than how they did it. So I would like to do it with them, but it's only so long you can knock at the door before you, you walk away. Yeah, right. It's like, Jesus, guys, like, I don't need you for this, but it'd be dope here. I wanted to try something that uh, is a, a feature of being check this out. Boom. Here's the sandal. Yeah, boom. That's so sick. Actually, the crazy thing is, too, I just ordered I had to order a pair of them. <laughs> I, I you ordered your own. Sandal. Yeah, I ordered my own sandal like a couple of weeks ago because I just wanted another um another pair i have like obviously i have like three pair but um especially being bi-coastal like i just i need to have as many as possible because i might take them here forget them there whatever so but yeah i had to order my a, a product that i created do you put do you put in like the order notes i created these motherfuckers just send them to me <laughs> well actually i i didn't because i didn't want to like be um, I didn't want to be like rude, but I ordered them. And then I hit the people up like, Hey, I ordered these. Could you send some other stuff with it? And they didn't even respond. So I don't know. I guess the relationships just come to an end. So here, how uh, about, how about these? Can we talk about these real quick? Yeah. We're actually about to restock those. Dude, these shoes I love these shoes so much. I remember, I think last time I had you on, you hinted at your DC collab and you couldn't really talk much about it, but you came back to DC. And I, I don't remember if your show in March was for these or what it was, but dude, these shoes are so sick. Like I love yellow because one is my favorite color, but then like the clear uh, bottom sole and then the the gel like window, but then the the pill accent on the bottom was just so sick to me. Like what was your... What was your thought when you were like designing these bad boys? It's crazy because I think we started, I think we started working on this project. Like, I know it was at least 20, I think it was 2018, like the summer of 2018. And mm -hmm. so when I did the, the podcast with you, I'm sure that these had already been like, like we had already sampled and probably gone into production. And it, it's just, like I said about Puma, like when you work with these corporations, sometimes it just takes so long to move things along. But mm -hmm. I mean, obviously like designing it, I knew that we wanted it to be yellow, but just because yellow was just our, our color. Um, and then I knew that, I'm, I'm, I love to like overlap things. And so when they kind of showed me how the, the shoe is constructed, I'm like, okay, cool. Well, we should put the globe underneath these two panels. Um, and then I, I just, I oh, love, uh, I, see. I love um, like antique off white, like cream. I, Cause I, I love that on shoes just because it shows age. Um, so I wanted to kind of like, I actually wanted the soles to be a little bit more a little bit more like cream than they came out but uh, they still came out dope and then i think the the 
once they told us that we could do a translucent soul. Dude, that's my like, favorite part of these I'm things. Like, can, we, can we add some type of print underneath? And it, the craziest part about it is the soul, you, can't, you can barely see it, but the, the bottom of the sole, the, it has like a pill texture in the shoe. And that wasn't anything that we created. Like you can kind of see that they run, um, I guess, horizontally across the sole, but it's basically like these lines of pills that whoever, whoever like designed this. Oh, oh, I see. It's not the colored ones. It's the ones that kind of like are in a strict formation going. Exactly. So that's the oh, actual, shit. that's just the mold of the sole that, that they created whenever they created this silhouette. I forget when this this shoe was actually designed but um and that was something that i didn't even notice until like i don't know like a year into working on the project so um that was a i mean that was like that was like a passion project for me because i mean nobody else on our team other than tyler tyler used to skate but i, I me and tyler both kind of grew up skating so it was some some people that we knew who used to work at ASICS mm-hmm. and they had like they had been supporters of premium uh my my old brand um they had been supporters of that and then they left ASICS and went to another brand and when they went to that brand we were working on the collaboration with them and then they left that brand and came to DC and we kind of like picked back up Ah, and just started working on that shoe with them. Um, and so that was kind of like, I mean, realistically, it was like a, it was like a collab that was like four years and, in uh, for it was probably like, it probably was four years before we actually got something on the books. But, uh, I mean, good things come to those who wait and we were excited about it. And we, we just got a, another shipment in of those. So, we well right before the the somewhere event. So the somewhere event was to restock those, and then we were going to restock the site with them afterwards. But then once this pandemic hit, we just kind of like we honestly just kind of shut down for a second just to kind of like mm-hmm. analyze and and assess the situation. And we just had uh, our first drop since this has happened. We just had it. Monday. So we took, we took like two months off from releasing any product or anything. So, uh, dude, that somewhere event was so sick. Like I was actually low key blown away by how many people came out and not just any people. It was like all the people in DC with that real clout. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. like everyone who's actually doing shit, like the amount of support was there was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I was honestly surprised too. You never, you never like you hope that there's a line when you walk up and, and stuff like that. Um, but you never like, you can never expect it just because as soon as you expect it, it's going to be nobody at the door. But I had, um, I had a Patron brunch that morning. And then from there we walked over to somewhere. And as we were at brunch, people were texting me, like, you got a few people out here. So I'm thinking like a few people, like there's a few people, like there's probably five, 10 people, but then waiting in line. But then I walked up and it was, I don't know, it was probably like a hundred people waiting 
God um, damn. I was like, I mean, I think we haven't done anything in DC since we shut down the spot on 14th. And oh, so man. it was really like the first time that a, a lot of those people who shopped at Diet, the retail space, they didn't really shop online. They only shopped in store. And so uh, I think that that was like exciting for them, even though they can just go online and buy the stuff when we release. But as a lot of people just love that in-person purchase. So I think there was a lot of excitement for that. Um, dude, it was crazy. I remember I showed up and I was like, dude, where is all the shit? You were like, dude, yeah. it's gone, man. It's, it's yeah. just straight up gone. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, and that's another thing is like, you don't know how much to produce because you don't know how many people are going to come. And then since it's a, we always try to do something exclusive to that time or that space or whatever. And so we're like doing collaborative shirts with somewhere that say their name on it or the date and stuff like that. And when you put a timestamp on those products, sometimes it's hard to move them later on like if say we made yeah. a thousand shirts and only 200 people came and we have 800 shirts left to say somewhere like it's not guaranteed that our customer is going to want a shirt with somewhere on it if they don't know about the store and stuff like that but so i think always, it's pretty cool i think it's pretty cool to have that kind of relic stuff especially someone like yourself who's like you're not going to stop making stuff anytime soon so it's like even if you had it left over it's kind of sweet to have this like weird dead stock or like the relics of something that happened because i feel like i feel like for someone like you at this point the fact that you think that someone isn't going that people aren't going to come or that like you're not going to sell out is kind of funny to me like you casually talk about your puma collab and your patron shit and it's just like david do you realize like bro people are gonna come man like people are gonna well, no there. yeah but it, it's also just like you just i think that i'm also just uh I don't know. It's not a, a cocky or humble argument. It's, I think, just cautious. Like, I'm just, like, I'm cautious with how we how we spend. Because um, there's been a lot of times where I've over, I've over-purchased for things. Like, I remember putting, like, $30,000 into product for a pop-up that we did at Union Market this was for premium in 2016 and the overall pro the overall project to like to do that event was it was probably like $60,000 production for renting the space and security and caterers and all of this stuff so $60,000 and i think um well I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast, but we had a blizzard in DC where we got like 38 mm -hmm. inches of snow or 36 inches of snow in the middle of me spending $60,000 on this production. Oh and so God. we ended we up did talk about that. Yeah. We ended up making like 10 K back at the event. And so <sighs> I, since then it's like, I'm kind of scarred to where I'm just ultra cautious. And a lot of the times I probably, I probably shoot diet in the foot because I'm, I'm leaving a lot of money on the table, but I'm just, I'm just super cautious to where I don't want to be like stuck with a lot of excess stuff, which like you said, like, yeah, you can always, um, 
sell it later or have a sale and and try to like break even or whatever but i'm just kind of to the point where like i i have an understanding of mm-hmm. how much to produce that's just enough it might be just too little to where it, it just sells out and some people leave that's unhappy kind of tight, though. it is but the, it's, there's also since our our product is kind of sometimes hard to get online and so whenever somebody like strikes out so many times on a product they eventually they're going to give up if they can't get it so you have to you have to toe that line of mm, like really true. keeping like- it exclusive but then satisfying the people just enough it's a it's a tough tug of war yeah i mean i can see like a scarcity in in these days i feel like with especially like streetwear culture it's like what makes your brand more hype or more lit because you don't have it but then right. at the same time like I really wish I had a Diet Starts Monday shirt because I would be wearing it right now. Like 100%. Right. Like right. I look at your shirts and I'm like, dude, I already know that's going to be my favorite shirt. But Yeah, you actually, you, know. you comment a lot. Like, man, the wash on this is so perfect or, or whatever the case may be. I got to get you. I gotta get you, you opened stuff. you opened up my eyes on that dude on that first podcast when I asked you about it you like really broke it down talking about like how much work you put into like not just doing something easy like having like a blank tee and putting a graphic on it but like putting that time to make sure that like it's like the perfect fade of black or that it's like perfectly worn or you know those like little details that and since you told me that it just kind of like blew my mind open to now where I look at other people's streetwear and other people's shirts and I'm like, ah, you could have done more, bro. You slacking. Yeah. Like I mean, and that's that's uh I'm I'm like the the opposite end of that spectrum where there's there's brands who are brands that sell t shirts for two hundred, three hundred dollars and they're putting the same amount of work and cost into their shirts as as what I am. But then we're selling ours for seventy two. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people who like, regardless of how much we're going to sell it for, like, I want to make it the best version of that, that I can, which isn't always the best, like for the business, like most, if we're selling for 72, we should really be having a shirt that costs, I don't know, $16 or something like that. But Damn. really less than really less than 16 but our shirts are costing us double that so but it's because like i want to i want i don't i remember when i first got into fashion like i don't know high school days and buying a shirt from a brand or whatever and then washing it and you might get like a couple more wears out of it but by, by the time like you've washed it four or five times it's either like super thin or it shrunk too much or whatever and so i'm like if we're gonna sell at this price point like it it needs to be something that's gonna last and it's the one of the biggest uh like we've had internal conversations with the brand where where people are some some people on uh on one side of the argument are why don't we just get a blank and sell it like we would sell it we could lower the price we would sell more Mm -hmm. units and i'm like yeah but we can like we can do this with our cut and sew tees as well it's just so i've i've been i've i mean there's a couple of us but i've been one of the main advocates who really preach like i don't want to go the blank route i want to i want to make 
the product as best as I can because it's it's those conversations where people come up to me at an event and they're like, your shirts fit me better than any shirt I have. Like I've had this shirt for three years and right. And so I think that's that's part of the that's part of the the reasoning behind it too is like that's the reward for that extra that extra oomph that we put into it like that's the payback is those people coming up and appreciating it and saying like man this wash this wash was perfect like when i when i washed it it, it didn't shrink like the fade is amazing like the, the print looks like it came from the 90s like that's i'm like i work really hard to to try to recreate that vintage look and feel because that's where I grew up, like that's, those are the shirts that I saw. Like I saw like, you know, those are the best shirts to wear. Like I, a, a, a nice vintage black tee that just fits so nice. And dude, you're like the master of the, the vintage black wash. It's like, it's, it's the best feeling. Dude, I, I spent like, I got so big the other night and I spent like two hours on YouTube looking up how to, uh, make a shirt look vintage and it was like it was like some crazy processes like it it was like put it in bleach then put it in fabric softener and then wash it and then put it in something else like i was like god dang it like i don't want to do this myself but is there (laughs) i was like thank you dad for doing it for me but why maybe i missed it but why don't you just like double the price like is there a reason why you want to keep it at 75 as opposed to making it like 150 and making it or making it 300 or I mean, I think that like when we first started diet that we were going to sell our shirts at, I think 180. And whenever we opened up the restaurant and we had the clothing section in there, like clothing and, and upscale fashion, the type of, I mean, a f- restaurant and upscale fashion the way we had the food just didn't it didn't go together like we were selling kind of like fast casual like 16 dollar burgers and fries and fish and chips and like wings and and stuff like that and that just didn't pair well with the 180 dollar t-shirt or a 400 dollar hoodie or whatever so we decided to to scale back um, and at the same time we were going to uh, we were actually going to go into retailers. Like we were going to have a wholesale system where we sold to retailers worldwide. And obviously when you're selling to retailers, you have to mark your prices up to make room for wholesale mm, profit uh, margin and stuff and everything. Right. So like if a store sells their shirt for a hundred, they're getting it for at least 50 or less. Cause that most, I mean, that's kind of like standard It's 50% off retail is your wholesale. But a lot of these stores that we would want to be in to be competitive, a lot of these brands are doing like, if they're retailing it at a hundred, instead of selling it to the store for 50, they're selling it to the store for 40 or 35 or whatever. And so if you're not kind of matching these margins for these stores, they don't, like that's all they care about is the margin. So if you're not matching mm-hmm. that, they don't they don't really care to uh, to pick it up. So, but anyways, with us cutting out, um, cutting the prices and just focusing on direct to consumer, 
we didn't have to worry about meeting a wholesale price or whatever. So we dropped the price down. Um, and we, at first we toyed with like 60, but 60 at that time was just too little for the work that was going into it. Um, we raised it up to like 68 and then 70 and then 72. And there's still some t-shirts that we sell for, for and 80. That's funny. That's funny. Cause like to most common people like myself, um, even like, like 70 bucks for a shirt seems ridiculous. Like it seems yeah. ridiculous. I remember when I bought a shirt for 30 bucks, like when I was like 20, I was like, what the fuck? But now like a, that seems like nothing but a $70 shirt. I'm like, what is this $70 shirt doing? And like the other month, Dior did a pop-up here in city center and they had a shirt that didn't look like it had any kind of wash. It had just like a screen printed T-Rex with some colors and it was $300. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? You know, like, yes. Yeah yeah i don't but, know. You know i mean i'm kind of the same way i remember i remember when like just plain tees were plain tees were the fashion statement at first it was like the white tee and this was before like the big 3x white tee or not before this after like after when people would wear like the footlocker t-shirts that were three for twenty dollars um, <laughs> there were like you would just yeah, get like that the nice, the nice blank t-shirt from like H&M for like nine. And then that one didn't really fit me the way I like. So I, I moved up to like a $20 uh, American apparel t-shirt. And I remember being in Miami with some friends and buying like three of those t-shirts for $60 or whatever. And my friends were like, they thought I was literally insane. Dude, I thought I thought that shit was insane too, dude. I used to walk into the American Apparel store in Richmond and be like, "Who the who's paying thirty dollars for a red T-shirt, a red V-neck?" <laughs> V-neck, that's funny. <laughs> Wear your V-neck shirts, Zavin. <laughs> Man, I have your seen a V-neck. <laughs> Actually, we had a scoop neck that in like twenty thirteen that I it just didn't sit well with me. Dude, yeah, V-necks died. I, I'm not gonna lie. I threw on a V-neck today, and I, I, I felt gay. I know I shouldn't say that because it's like politically incorrect. <laughs> yeah, but like, there was a there was a point in time offensive. where I felt where I felt like a stud in a V-neck. Now I feel like the kind of stud that likes other women. So I just don't rock them anymore. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, hey, I mean, I don't know. I didn't even know they still made them, but I guess to each to each his own. Dude, I pulled up uh, that shirt. I screen shared it so people could kind of see the wash. Here, I'll, I'll pull it up again. Um, here, I'll pull it up again. Like, like you, you look at that shirt, and you already know that if you if you let a girl wear that shirt, you're never getting it back. Like, you already know. Like, you are you already know that you're not getting that shit back if, if it leaves your room or like anything like that. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's it's yeah, super I mean sick. It's, I've, I had a friend text me last night who actually, he had one of our shirts and he was out with a girl or something and she asked to wear it or, or she was at his house and she asked to wear it and then she wore it home mm -hmm. and then she, Fucked up. she flew, she didn't live here. She flew like back to California or something and then she kept the shirt um, and he was like, <laughs> he was sick. He was asked because the shirt he had was actually like a one of one or I think I may have made two of them. And he texted me yesterday and was like, she finally sent that shirt back. And he was just so excited that it was on the way back. But um, you know what I have to say about your friend? What? He's a, he's a simp. 
<laughs> but yeah. can, can we talk about the inspiration for your new line? And this is your new line, correct, right? Yeah, this or is what released it's, it's, uh, Monday. Yeah, it's not all of it, but I want, I brought no, up. No, that is all of it. Oh, this is all of it? Yeah, that's okay, how we, perfect. We, so we release in, a lot of times we release in these small capsules because there's, uh, I don't, the same way I, I do want there to be like some exclusivity and not everybody can get everything, but I also don't want to overwhelm the consumer. So, because if we drop more than this, like there's a lot of people who will buy this whole kit. Like these, it, the way I have it laid out, it looks like it's just one shirt and that's the front and that's the back, but it's actually two different shirts. The one that has filled the power has a different image on the front, but it's just a small Oh, see, that's hit. confusing. That's confusing. I thought it was a front and back. No, it is, but it's because of logistics in this square space, it's too hard mm. to to kind of get three three T's on there. So, uh, but obviously when you come to the site, like if you're buying that Feel the Power t-shirt, you're buying it because of what's on the back anyway. So I just kind of simplified it. Uh, but also at the same time, this is like the last of the social media posts about this release. So before this, there was a, a slide that showed like, this is the front of the shirt. This is the back of the shirt, but. Ah, uh, um, okay. Yeah, but what probably I probably go to the at, website and see, oh yeah, sorry, what were you getting at? Well, I was just getting at the fact that like, we try to, we try to keep it around like two to three tops and two bottoms. And then maybe like a couple accessories because we don't want, we don't want to drop 10 t-shirts and then a customer get to the site and have to choose between 10 shirts. We'd rather them have to choose between two or three just to make, cause especially since stuff is selling out in the first, like this drop sold out in like the first seven minutes. So what? Like, what? a customer doesn't have that long to, to play around with what they want to get. So um, dude, I don't mean to insult you. I know, I know you're popping, but I didn't know you were that popping where it's like, seven minutes dude that's like crazy supreme kind of shit i mean it is but supreme's also selling out of like twenty thousand units in three minutes like i we're we're still like like i said earlier like i know what numbers to make but i could have mm. I, I could have and should have went a little heavier on this release but like a lot of our factories still aren't even open so I haven't really been able to to produce anything new. Luckily, I just had like I had a hundred shorts at the factory waiting to to be released. Wow. Um, I never thought about that. It's like I and I, I kind of meant to ask you earlier, like how all of this was affecting you and like the fashion world. But I guess there it is. It's it's the the factories that people can't go back to work because of the laws governing wherever wherever they are. Yeah, at first, like we thought that. Um, there's someone that told me actually like someone in the business had told me that by law, I guess the government of California can't tell people they can't go to work. Um, but that obviously was not valid because every, like every factory and it, and it was to the point to where like they're monitoring the factory. So like these larger, even the smaller factories, like if, if they're like running production and they get caught, like they get hit with a fine and all of this stuff. So, Jesus. Um, but at the same time, like I was saying, I wasn't really, 
I wasn't really trying to, I was really just using these, these first two months to kind of like reset, uh, mentally because when I was on the way back from that somewhere event, I was driving back to VA and was like having like a mild panic attack on the way home, just like oh, wow. anxiety and stress. And it's just like really, uh, it's really, I was really juggling a lot between designing for the brand and production and the business side of that. And then Patron and then trying to do this. Ev- I had the two events um, that day and it was just like, it was just a lot. And then I'm, I'm flying back and forth like every, uh, every week or two weeks. So it was just a lot. So these last two months have really been me just kind of like sitting down and, and resting and focusing on my, uh, my mental health and, um, and really just not even putting a lot of mental stress on myself by thinking about like, all right, like, Mm -hmm. like we need to release this or we need to do that. Like I just took two months off, which again was probably wasn't the best thing for the business. Um, because people are at home wanting the people are at home, like wanting to spend money. There's stuff that I could have released, but I just, I just wasn't in the, I wasn't in the mental space to even think about it, but I mean, it, it, it it really, it really messes with you. Cause like, when you have all these things planned, it's like you start to visualize them and you have all these expectations and like how they're going to go. And then to have it just be like ripped out from under you. And it's not even your fault. It's like something out of your control. It's, it's the worst feeling. I mean, I can really only slightly because, um, my art shows and all that stuff like that, like looking at my calendar and seeing that, Oh, I should have had this show today. I should have had that show starting yesterday. It's like the most sinking feeling. And yeah, and even I, mean, I feel you, man, for me, I was kind of like bummed, like, what am I going to do about my podcast? Like, I can't even meet people anymore. Like, what am I going to do about all this stuff? Like, I was gonna make money from that. It's like, it just really makes you kind of reflect and think like, what do I do now? I, I can't even set a date to bring this shit back. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's the same, like, I can, I can design and, and run the show from from anywhere. But like if our factory's closed like even now like i have i had like a meeting yesterday with uh, a future partner that we're kind of like in the middle of some negotiations but i just had sent him um he's gonna help out like with production moving forward and i sent him like this folder of of designs and he was like mm-hmm. you easily have designs for like eight collections right here so Ooh. I mean, eight collections is like two years, and that was only one folder that I sent him. I still have another folder that I didn't. That's all. This is all the new stuff that I've designed like the past four, three, four months. So wow, uh, I really just been like, just been like backlogging all of this, all of this artwork. Um, and so it's once everything does open up, I can just kind of like just hit the ground running but yeah i mean it's it's affected um it's affected it's affected the brand only because if we didn't have this time like if i wasn't forced to sit down mm-hmm. i probably would have like i would have still been trying to to 
I don't know, I still would have been like pushing myself to the limit, which isn't like, isn't good at all. Like I really should have taken that kind of like. You're saying in some way the break was, is, is inadvertently kind of good for you or or no, most definitely. Like if it, if it wasn't for that, like, I don't, I don't know what would have, um, what would have happened because i've had like a couple of those like over the course of these last 10 years of doing this like literally like two or three where it's just been so much on me that i've been um, like just like on the on the verge of like just like breaking um you burn out man it's like we're we can only handle so much stress as humans it's like we have to have or give ourselves space to like relax and take a chill pill, but it's it's so hard to do that when you're doing the thing you love, and it's like you, you kind of feel like you owe it to people, and people really want what you, what you have to offer. Well, the the tough part about it too is, I uh, as cliche as it is, and everybody says like it's not work when you're doing what you love. Like creating and designing is is truly like what I love to do, and so. I'll literally like I could sit in front of the computer and design like all day like I, but that's the the gift and the curse because I can't I can't cut it off and detach a lot of times. So um but this this break has um since I haven't had to focus on the business side as much I've been able to just really focus on designing and whenever on like a, if take the pandemic out of this on a normal day to day basis, I'm not able to design this much. Like I'm having this call with Puma or this call with, with this company and this, like Puma is just one of the projects that we have. We have another, another project and another project and, and so on and so on. So my day kind of gets sucked, sucked up with just like calls and, um, like meetings and random random stuff that just takes you away from like what I really love to do, which is design. So, which it's I like sweat. in a way, it's like it's nice. It's like you get to kind of just be that person who started it all. It's like just kind of relax and be with yourself. No, for sure. Which I'm, I'm a. A lot of people have been hitting me like, "Yo, just checking in, making sure you're good." And I'm like, man, honestly, awesome. like I'm, like I'm probably one of the few who's like. I won't say one of the few, but I'm one of the ones who's definitely built for social distancing. Like even, (laughs) even before, like at the, at the somewhere event, like a lot of people were coming out like, man, I haven't seen you in so long. Like you don't come out. And I'm like, I, I mean, I never, even when we had the restaurant, if I was in town at first, at first I was in there like every day. And then eventually it was, again, it was too hard to be in there and focus on the brand and designing. So I, mm-hmm. I pulled back from being in there. Um, but I'm just, I'm just not like, I don't need to be out at every, at everything. Like I, I'm comfortable, like just being at home, like designing or whatever. So. Dude, I feel you on that. When all the social distance things started, I was like, welcome to my life, people. Right. <laughs> like, you want to know what it's like to be me? Welcome yeah. to it. Like now, you know, you want to know what it's like to edit a video all day or or to work on your website all day? It's like, here you go. You want to know what it's like to ignore your friends for a weekend? Here you go. I will say that uh, this doesn't have anything to do with pandemic, but yeah. out of everybody's 
like meme creation or just even just like sharing of memes like when i see your story i'm like i'm like getting the screen record ready because like i those things are gems i send i send them off uh i send them off rapid fire <laughs> your boy with the with the with the shitty humor perfect duration <laughs> actually you make me feel bad because i actually didn't do it uh yesterday or uh or monday when i normally do so i literally have so many memes sitting there and i didn't do it just because i was like kind of in like a bad mood like yesterday yeah. i was just i was just in like a sour mood like fuck everyone right. one of those moods where like you start to type something on your story then you realize it's a bad idea to post that yeah so i was just like ah so i just wasn't in the mood to post the memes but thank you man you know what when we get off this call i'm probably gonna post those memes yeah gotcha. you got to those are i'm not gonna lie those are there's a lot of them that are just really funny <laughs> but that's another thing that like this pandemic has affected it's like content is you can tell that everybody's content has been affected um right. you see like like there's like a few like people that i watch their youtube or whatever and like their content is like you can tell they're just around the house like trying to do anything to to muster up any type of thing that they can post um, in mind i'm i'm my content like I, i've probably posted three times since march but dude same dude well but it's think... also because like i i'm such a like when i was posting content it was like me like at a patron event or me at the factory or like me working mm -hmm. on this product and like stuff like that and like i'm just sitting at home designing all day so it's not but I'm also not like forcing it. Like I'm not like forcing content, which I. That's probably better. It's like you don't have to reach back into the depths in a way. It's as as a I would coin myself a content creator in a way. I was like super bummed out at the beginning of all this because I kind of feel like if I can't provide content, it makes me feel bad because it's something that I really enjoy doing. And so the fact that I couldn't do the podcast, the fact that I can't go to these art shows and document them anymore, I was like kind of getting sad about it. But then I also had the realization, I was like, in a way, it's kind of my job to like step up and provide content for people now. Like people need it now more than ever. And, and it's true because my YouTube has never been so popping. Like I'm so happy about it. And I kind of realized that like the break gave me a way to step back and kind of look at my brand and what I'm doing. And now I'm coming at it differently in a way that I think is a lot more professional and it's more refined. And I've noticed that my YouTube scubs have been reflecting that. And yeah. um like yeah, it's 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 the content game. And I just for me the the this time to have nothing to do and to like a kind of audit what I've been doing. Um it put things into perspective, especially with the podcast. Right. And in a way, I kind of like the Zoom calls more. Yeah. How yeah, does it like, feel like, uh, how does it, like, what do you like more about, about this interaction? Just curious. So it comes down to two things, right? And the two things I care about. And it's how do I grow, that's the angle, like the brand. And I figured it out that, if I keep interviewing artists only in DC, like in person, that's, that's my limit. Like that's my blockade. That's, that's, that's a stopping point for me. Cause I want to talk to 
people with more clout and more leverage and more more popularity, not just for selfish reasons, but because people also want to hear from them. But the thing is, is that like, how am I going to connect with them if they always have to be in my studio and I'm not that big of a podcast, you know? Right. And so now I, with this, I kind of had like an epiphany. I was like, wait a minute, like this might be the future. Like now I can talk to anyone in the world and I can pull up stuff like I did your work, which is something I've always wanted to do. And I can kind of, we can talk about it. We can talk about the inspiration. We can like talk about the design. You know, if I had a photographer on, we could talk about a photo. Right. And for me, the difference in this interaction, I mean, don't get me wrong, face-to-face -face is dope, but I'm looking at your face right now. Like, yeah. like I'm yeah. looking at you right now. We could, we could have a drink. We could smoke weed together. It, we may not feel each other's energy as personally, but for me, it allows me to access more people, but in a way that uh, is just different, but which is kind of weirdly more accepted now. So that's just right. kind of what I've come to. Yeah, I mean, I think, because I remember, I think you hit me and was like, yo, are you still, do you still want to come to the podcast? And I was like, man, it's too, it's too much going on to even like try to like force that or whatever. And I was thinking like, man, we should figure out a way to like, Skype it or something. And this is before I even knew about Zoom. Like this same. This is probably I think this is like my fourth Zoom chat. And the two of them have been this week. So wow. um I think that I think that yeah, for like somebody like yourself who um people are I mean people are consuming the content digitally anyways like it doesn't like you don't have to be face to face we don't like i even think that some people may be more uh comfortable doing it this yeah. way i don't i don't know um, well it's easier it's easier because i don't have to go and set up because when i i block out a wednesdays that's like that's my podcast day i just batch it all on wednesdays and if I was to go set up, one, I'm limited to who I can talk to. Two, I got to set up, which takes half the amount of time. And three, I got to disassemble. And then I have to worry about like, did I forget a core? Did I forget something? Like, is it going to work? And then I'm kind of in an environment that's tight. But at the same time, uh, if people are going to listen to audio, the environment doesn't really matter. For and then sure. on top of that, I can't pull up pictures and stuff and talk about things specifically. And you're right, the the concept that you probably feel more comfortable not being in front of like big bright lights and not being in front of a camera. This kind of feels like you're just talking to a, like a homie in it, right. but I'm actually recording it. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy too because I was I was having this like I guess like internal argument. Uh I kind of have these debates where I, I think of like, a, I don't like sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to debate this, but mm -hmm. I'll think of something and I'll be like, man, I wonder what this is going to be like after, like, how long is it going to take to get back to normal? And, but then I quickly was like, like I don't think there's going to be a back to normal. I think there's going to be, this is what life was like before COVID-19. And this is what life is going to be like after um, and I more. think that a lot of things like I, I, when, I Twitter was it Twitter said today or yesterday, I think it was yesterday that they're going to continue work from home, like forever. Like, I mean, I, I haven't really read the details on what that consists wow. of, but like a lot of these companies are changing the way they're 
business is or at least like their office is structured uh, because of this um, pandemic. So yeah, I agree. It's like life pre-COVID and life post-COVID. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's really crazy. I which luckily like we're not really a brand that has to like we've never had a office space that everybody came in and worked out of every day because we've never even all lived in the same city um so obviously we're able to work remotely uh anyways but uh, i so think like in we, a lot of ways oh sorry sorry i didn't mean to cut you off well i was just gonna say we won't really be affected by that side it's just more of like the the actual production that part is like like because mm -hmm. they just extended la's lockdown for like another three months and i don't wow another three months yeah did you see that elon musk tweeted that they're going back to work and he doesn't care about the fines yeah he said something like i, I just saw the quote where he, he was like if anybody gets arrested just please let it be me or something uh he's just one of those people that like i don't know like you can never he just says so much crazy stuff sometimes that it's like I know he just said some stuff a couple of weeks ago about their stock being overpriced or, mm -hmm. or overvaluated and then the stock plummeted. And so now it's like, all right, is he saying this stuff to like try to win back in the stock market? Like, I don't know. It's just, I hate I that he's you too have, smart personally. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's one of definitely one of those like creative geniuses that, um, I think that it's just like Basquiat or or anybody like nobody's genius is really recognized while they're alive. It takes them to like be gone before they, which that's like the the typical quote, like give people their flowers today or roses today or whatever. Um, Bro, I'm giving you. I've been giving you a flower this whole interview. Jesus, man, I'm trying to let people no, yeah, know about not these me. flowers. Yeah, I got, I got my flowers. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think that he's one of those people that kind of gets um, mis uh, misunderstood. Yeah, like I just think that he he doesn't get enough credit for like what he's what he's trying to do. But at the same time, it's just. It's like when the stock market is involved, it's hard to know, like, all right, is this real or is this for the stocks? Is this for, like, I don't, I try not to even. Yeah, if you worry ask me, <clears throat> I, I think he was probably trolling by saying that, but I think he also knows that by trolling by saying that, it'll probably happen. Like, right. he's too smart to not think 10 steps ahead. But did you, did you watch his Joe Rogan interview where he talked about the Neuralink shit? I haven't watched, I know he has two i haven't watched i watched part of the first one where he was smoking on there but i had i didn't watch the second one dude so he didn't he couldn't talk about it much on the first podcast but on the second podcast he talked about Neuralink, and essentially that's solving our bandwidth problem our interface problem because our our bandwidth problem is we can think as fast as we want but for us to communicate with technology we only have two thumbs so that's right. our that's a that's a limited amount of speed problem he broke down how neuronet is going to work and basically they carve out like maybe like a quarter size chunk of your skull. They implant this, this Bluetooth chip with neurons that go to specific parts of your brain. And from there, and like that's, this is just the rudimentary. And so it'll start off by being like, 
you could fix nerve problems. So like your face, half your face doesn't work. They could solve that. Your legs don't work. They could solve that. You have a stutter. They could solve that by triggering certain nerves. But then he was also talking about how when it gets further, it'll affect how you interface with technology. So for instance, like you're designing an Adobe InDesign. Imagine you don't even have to use your hands. You just like think it and it's happening on your screen. Yeah, that's a... That's it's funny wild. you say that because I was I was talking to Tyler, who's one of my partners, and we were talking about a different project that we're working on. But I had this idea, and a lot this is how a lot of our conversations go, where it's like I'm trying to explain something to him, but I can't. I'm like I see it in my head, but I can't communicate it verbally. That's um, it right there. So like if I could, if I could literally just, and then a lot of times, even when I can communicate it verbally, a lot of people don't understand what they can't decipher. They can't decipher what my words mean. So, um, yeah, that'll be, I mean, just like I, I was watching this documentary. Uh, have you heard of spaceship earth? No, what's that? <laughs> I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what it is. Um, is the, that's the title of the documentary it's on hulu but it's a documentary about this guy who's like really forward thinking like this is back in like 60s 70s mm-hmm. and he basically kind of like would host these like kind of workshop things or whatever and he would gather people who were like-minded and like-minded forward thinkers or whatever and he kind of built this like commune of of people um and they would kind of they would have like this ranch where they would just i mean it's very 1970s like like hippie kind of cult like uh ranch but they would just sit around and like talk about ideas of um of like how to stop global warming and like like what happens if we kill this planet like where can we go before that like how can we save it like all of this stuff and they're like traveling the world doing all of these workshops or whatever and they end up raising money to start um it's called biosphere and they basically want to instead of basically taking a spaceship and going to mars and figuring out how to like recreate life up there they want to basically take this spaceship to earth and figure out how to take all these species and plants and stuff like that and live inside this this biosphere and so they Whoa. they raised like they had a, one of the guys who was like uh he was from like the one of the top four like wealthiest families in the world he basically funded this project and they would try around the world and they would get like they literally built this like this spherical structure that Mm -hmm. they would put like a rainforest in and like gardens and animals and fish and like wildlife and like all of this stuff and the people would live in there and they would have to figure out how to um basically how to keep these things alive uh would they shoot this would they were they going to shoot this into space or is this no that's the earth yeah the pro it would just stay on earth but the the thing was to figure out like if they were able to 
because it wouldn't like say you were, were building a garden like you wouldn't have the dirt from the actual earth's core this would be dirt that they basically put into this sphere so they basically picked up things from earth and transported it into this sphere and they would try to recreate exactly like so they called it ecosystem they called it biosphere two because this was the first time it had come out biosphere two and they're like well where's biosphere one and biosphere one is the earth so they were basically recreating earth in this in this biosphere and what part of earth did they put in the biosphere like did they put like america or did they put like california weather like what was the i honestly don't know like it was just it was in arizona so it was just oh, i don't even sense. think i don't know how they controlled the climate actually but the place is actually still open it's in do arizona you remember, do you remember the movie biodome i remember the name of it but i don't remember dude that's literally it. what you described like that movie it's kind of like a comedy but that's literally what you described it's, it's probably Bio honestly Dome. it's probably because that was in like the 90s right yeah it was so they probably um they probably made it based off of that because these people oh, yeah. it opened up in like 91 or something and that was one of the things that the the guy who was like the wealthy guy who funded it he wanted to that was where he was going to make his money was from licensing for movies and t-shirts and, and all of this stuff. So well, he did it. Yeah. So it, it, I think it actually failed and then they, but it's still, it's still open. So I, I guess it failed and then they figured it out and, but it's like a science museum that you can, you can go to, but you should definitely like, I don't even remember what we were talking about that made me think of, I guess it was like the Elon Musk forward thinking, like SpaceX type thought that that provoked that that thought. Well, but it's, it's, it's I, I watched it's, it yesterday. It's pretty crazy. It's interesting because, in a lot of ways, yeah, you know, I don't want to put myself in the equation, but you are a forward thinker. Like you're literally thinking ahead of time, like what's going to be cool and what's not. So for you to see another forward thinker, to me, the connection is is like, in a way, you can relate. So that's why you appreciate that forward thinking. For sure. I mean, and I just like when I like when people do think outside the box, but like realistically, like like some people have a lot of ideas that that are outside the box, but they're just like I don't know. But like when you can explain it and show like how it can work, and that's just like a whole different level of of you're not just like throwing out a random idea like you're throwing out an idea with a and a, a formula of how it can work that's a that's a whole different thing and that's that's true even with this puma project before it got pushed back i'd scrapped a couple of the items because i designed them like early 2019 mm -hmm. and with the idea that they were going to come out in 2020 but by the time they were actually going to come out to me, they were going to be dated. And so I scrapped those, I scrapped those from production because I'm like, can I ask what like they this? were? Uh, it was like a, one was like a crossbody like passport holder type thing. Um, that we, when we travel, like I used to have one that I would wear a lot. And whenever you travel, it just makes it so like handy to have everything 
on you, like, and but in a cool, in a cool way. But I was just like, like, like messenger bag style, smaller than that. Really, just ah. really just big enough for like maybe a wallet, passport holder, phone, like just like a small like eight inch saying. little pouch. But um, and they also they weren't executing it the way that I they got the pouch right, but the actual like strap mechanism they didn't they didn't get right but um but having to like especially like with comparing us to puma like that product that we released monday i've i like figured out what i wanted to release probably like a week or two before it came out so i'm i'm able to produce that quickly Whereas you talk about the, the, what I showed up on screen, the right, the, the, the power okay. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. So, but that's like with, with Puma, it's like, I could design it today. We won't even see a sample of it for six months. Fuck, and then we'll have like one run at sampling and then it'll take like another eight months before oh. production comes in. So it's like 14 months before like you get to see it. So you're not only, Am I having to think like, all right, is this a cool product, but is this going to be cool in two years? Like that's so a, why don't, so why don't you just build the infrastructure so you can make these kind of products yourself? Like is maybe, I mean, I'm probably asking that cause you probably are working on it, but it makes me ask, like I get working with Puma because it's fucking cool. It's working with Puma, but it seems like creatively it's such like a stopgap to have to wait so long to bring something to market. Like, are you thinking about how you can build your own factory, like your own infrastructure for these sort of things? Uh, I mean, so we have our own factory, but like to have a factory that can produce like hard plastic goods and stuff like that, that's a whole different thing. And uh, anything clothing, I can, in clothing bags, like stuff like that, I can produce, but um, but also at the same time, it's like the same way they're, they're wanting us to drive energy into this product or this brand, they're driving energy into our brand because they're, true, true. they're dumping in the marketing budget for activations and, and stuff like that. So it, that's really like the, the give and the take. We come in, we drive energy to this product. They return the favor by driving energy into marketing behind the brand so it's um but it's also like once i actually do the designing a lot of the the hard work is done on on our side so i can really like i can design it six months ago and then not really have to like focus on it daily whereas if it's if it's our factory and i'm having to make it like the product the the job's never over because I'm mm. I'm just constantly like but so like whenever you can design and kind of like pass it off and I somebody see. else can make it it just it lets me be more um, it lets me increase my output because I can sense. I can design all day but designing and producing just is a whole other that's when I'm like on the verge of of cracking because it's like it's so um, it just takes up so much of my my brain that it's just like even now it's like even though we're in the pandemic and everybody's locked down and, and everything like i'm still designing for for my brand a couple other brands um and 
like just trying to juggle those, even though I'm still like quarantined at home, it's even those, it's kind of like hard to juggle. So um, I'm just, I've kind of gotten this, I guess, understanding of like. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like you putting that perspective together of like, it's, it's kind of that sacrifice of where you, but also the give and take of like, you don't have to worry about it because someone else gets to, but then you also get access to more uh, infrastructure or different like sorts of outputs. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, I guess, from your perspective, because one less thing you got to worry about is one less thing you got to worry about. It's like one of the golden rules that wealthy people always say is like, you know, uh, whatever you don't like doing, whatever you can't do, just hire someone else to do it or just work with someone else to get it done. Right, for sure. I mean, and, and that's, um, that's just like, we've kind of had this, this phrase that we didn't come up with it, but it's just a phrase that's always like related to us, but it was not putting all of our eggs in one basket. And we've had instances where I've, I've been so loyal to um, certain vendors or whatever that I'll just send them everything. And if I'm sending them 20 projects, they can only work on so many at one time. Mm. They may be able to, to kind of funnel this piece into this factory and this piece into that one. But if I were to just send them five and then send five to another place and five to another place, like we can obviously like produce at a much faster rate. So that's kind of the same way I think of, I think of that. Like if I can design it and send it to the, like we have, we literally have three hat manufacturers and it's because, I mean, hats are like a big seller of ours, but our place in, in LA they can only they can only make so many hats at one time so what we kind of do is we we kind of like stagger production to where i send them designs and then after i finish those designs i start they start production on those i'm designing others i send that to another factory so that by the time and then i start designing again and so by that it's time like parsing it all out yeah i just keep funneling designs in and we'll just have hats in production at three different places that are continually coming in opposed to me sending it all to this one. And then by the time they finish those, I have another one, but then I got to wait on them to make that. So it just, it just makes it flow a lot easier. But mm. the hard thing is just like factories are just like, uh, it's not, I don't even know what to, what to compare it to, but there's definitely like an out of sight, out of mind um, stigma where like, if you're not in their face, um, they'll just, they'll tell you that they're working on it and they, it may just be sitting in a, oh, it's, like it's frustrating as hell. Um, and then, so that was one of the main reasons why, like, before I moved to LA, I was traveling out there like every like twice a month, like one or two times a month. And then eventually I was just like, yo, I'm, I'm spending two grand a month on flying out here in hotels and stuff like that. I could get a place for that price. But then at the same time, like that two grand that I was spending, I was having to, I was really having to kind of like piece together like a cheap flight and a reasonable hotel or a reasonable like hotel. more work. Right. But if I have the place and all I have to do is worry about a decent flight, 
it makes it so much easier because that was the I would like find a reasonable flight, but then hotels would be crazy. Why so, would why wouldn't you just have someone on your team who's kind of like the enforcer? Like, why wouldn't you just have someone in LA who's just kind of like that person you trust to go check up on people and be like, get the shit done? Off. I mean, that's honestly like finding good help is is hard to to come by, and you might have somebody who's like the best um, person, like that you could think of, but they may not be an enforcer. Uh, and I do have somebody out there. I have a couple of people out there. So like right now, since I'm in VA, they're the ones kind of like taking this from this factory to this factory and, and to the, to the die house and stuff like that. But even with that, like I have to get on one of the guys a lot because he doesn't have that, like, like, he doesn't have that accountability where like if a if a vendor that we go to for a die or or whatever like say say we take it to the die house and they say okay today's wednesday i'm gonna have it for you next wednesday mm-hmm. next wednesday comes they go to pick it up and the die house is like oh like we didn't we weren't able to get it done we're gonna start tomorrow we'll have it next wednesday and he doesn't have that um that that build to where he like la- not even lashes out but explains to them why that's bad that's bad business practice like, like t- sometimes you just gotta be that dickhead like sometimes right. you gotta hold people to what they said they're gonna do exactly and then if they're not then you find a different place to to send your business like don't like fool me once what's the <laughs> fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me like well, you know what this makes me think that, that it makes me think like, you know, and I'm speaking from ignorance, of course, always remember that. Um, like, at what point do you take what you're doing and make it like more corporate and make it a bigger sort of infrastructure? Like, at what point does that happen? Or is that not even like the goal? Like, yeah, at what point do you build like that, like, board of chair members, and now you have like a, like a headquarters and all this shit, like, it kind of seems like that's maybe like a transition that companies have to do at some point, whether you want to or not, it's, it's just something that like has to happen. Like I remember hearing Bobby hundreds talk about it in his complex thing. He was talking about how it started off like just him and his homies, but at some point he had to kind of make it corporate quote unquote air quotes uh, in case you're listening. Um, And not because he didn't, not because he was like, he didn't want to, but because he kind of felt like he was like, he had to, like he was forced to like, do you feel that sort of pressure or is that like an idea in your head? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the the partnership that I I mentioned earlier that we're kind of like negotiating. That's that is that. Um, oh wow, that is that uh, kind of like step up in in progression. Like where I've been. I mean, diet diet's only three years old this month, but um, I've been in this industry since twenty eleven really even before that, but just not super seriously. But, um, so I'm basically 10 years into this, uh, to this world and it takes, I mean, and also too, like a part of the reasoning is because I know that with the right infrastructure of people that can take my designs and ideas and they can go, uh, facilitate I know that like the output is going to be that much greater. Like right now Mm -hmm. it's, 
it's me designing and me handling the production. And so it's, it's only so much I, I've probably like reached my, um, I've probably reached my ceiling of like how much I can physically produce yeah. by myself. So, uh, but now, like now that we'll have this infrastructure, like they have a sales team who sell the sales team directly will handle all sales, whether online or wholesale. So they'll sell it to whatever stores um, worldwide and they have a huge channel of, of stores. So, um, but then they'll also start, go ahead. Do you start and this is just, if I was, I'm just thinking from your, like if I was in your shoes, do you start thinking about like protecting your brand at that point? Like, is that a worry in your mind? Like you start thinking like, damn, like, will my brand go in a direction that I never wanted it to go if I do this? Like, yeah, I mean, will it go a, too mainstream and shit? That's a huge, I mean, uh, reflecting back to Bobby Hundreds, that's, that's something that, I don't know if you've read his book, no, um, I but uh, he's got a book called like, this is not, I don't know if it's, this is not a t-shirt or this is not a book. He has like this thing where it's like, it's kind of like, whatever it is like the title is this is not that or whatever but yeah um but anyways he he talks about um i don't know if this is when they had investors or or what it was but them going into certain retailers or whatever and the people the core audience felt uh negatively about that decision because obviously they don't want it in PacSun or Zoomies or whatever, because then it 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 kills the perception of the brand, mm-hmm. and that's that's obviously always a worry because I was one of those kids who was buying hundreds in two thousand seven or something like that. Um, but I I think that the the company that I'm talking to they. They've they expressed that the 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 direction is still going to be my direction, um, and I, I thought trust, there is no direction, Dad. Yeah, huh? well, I thought it was there. Is, <laughs> no, the direction is whatever direction I drive it, but um, but that's also like speculation. Like everybody, before you get into things, everybody's always like telling you what's what's uh what you want yeah, to hear of course they got them sweet lips and trying to negotiate negotiate that deal so we'll see like but i i um that's the common like i won't say it's the common misconception but like there have been brands that have sold to a pack sun or zoomies and had like a luxury uh appearance or appeal like on their site there's a lot of brands that still do there's a lot of brands who sell to stores that aren't the the most like cool they're not the coolest stores or whatever but they they may just not advertise that their product is in that store um but yeah i mean that's definitely a worry like if we if we partner with these people are they going to drive the brand into a direction that doesn't match like the initial the initial direction of the brand so that yeah it is a worry but it's just one of those things like 
I trust, I trust them at the moment. They haven't given me any reason not to, but sometimes it's sometimes they don't give you any reason until they give you a reason and then it's too late. So, um, but I think that they have a good understanding of like what, what story we're trying to tell. And I think that they, they know that like, they've been doing this for a long time and they're like a, a really successful oh. company. So if they oh, want, dope. if yeah. they want longevity, if they want longevity, then they, they have to do it the right way. But at the same time, like I, I don't always, even though it may be what I want to do, like I expressed earlier, like I don't always do what's best for the company. Cause I don't like, I don't always know. I, I feel like I have an idea and I make a decision based on what I feel, but that's not always like, the right decision or whatever so it's the these last 10 years have really been me making all the decisions kind of uh, either by myself or with the the help of of partners but now it's going to be like making the decision with people who've gone through these situations and they have experience in it so um i don't know i'm excited if there's one thing i've learned from uh, the amount of shit that i watch especially all the Steve Jobs movies I've watched, it's like, at the end of the day, it's it's your brand, it's your company, and it's like what you say goes. And like, for instance, in like the Steve Jobs movies, am I breaking up? Am I breaking up right now? Because I feel like no, I can hear it on my side. Okay, yeah, and like the Steve Jobs movies, it's like he would do things that <clears throat> no one else agreed with, but he was so adamant and so stern about them, about doing it, that even if he was wrong, it still kind of worked out because it was like his say. So it's like, there's one thing I've learned. It's that when you're, and I think about this for myself too, it's like when you're the center of that thing, you almost like can't think about what other people think in a way. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that was something that John um, Geiger, he, he like really, uh, he kind of like gave me that, um, that idea of like not like don't like he's he's kind of like the true definition of i'm gonna do what i want and not care about what other people think um and he may he may do something that 10 people disagree with but to those 10 people that disagree with it there's four thousand that agree with it and it's it's kind of like that uh that saying like the booze always come from the cheap seat or the nosebleeds or like whatever the booze ignore the booze. They come from the cheap seats. Um, facts. I, I don't, I haven't adopted that, uh, that principle as well as he has, but he's definitely kind of, I mean, cause we had some instances that, that we probably went through on your last podcast where we, mm-hmm. um, we had, we were faced with some challenges where we had to really like, if we had focused on what everybody else was saying or, or whatever, like we would have, we wouldn't be here where we are. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely true. Like no matter who Apple brought in to try to replace Steve jobs or whatever, like it was like, it was his direction and it was his, it was his company. So kind of, like you said, like what he said, he said went so but like i but like i said like i'm yeah i've always been kind of like the one that had to like put the decision 
on my back. Um, and so it'll be good to like, just have like some, some partners who've had experience in this world and they know like, all right, like, like the way you want to do it probably isn't going to work. Like we'll either do it. And if it doesn't work, we'll adjust it. Or you can like, you can take our advice now and avoid a $50,000 loss or, or whatever. So, um, but I'm just kind of like looking forward to, I guess but the main thing is like looking forward to being able to just have ideas, put them down on, on paper and send it off to, to be executed. Whereas like Dude, right that now, sounds so sick. That sounds so sick. Yeah. I mean, right now, like I, I can do that, but it's just like with the luggage, like I would have had to make, I think I would have had to have made like, a thousand suitcases or something like that. And each suitcase was, let's just say $60, $60 or whatever. So $60,000 um, were like, I can't just, I can't just take $60,000 and go risk it on a thousand suitcases when I may sell a hundred suitcases. Like it's not, True. it's not that smart of a, of an investment. So they're going to be there to tell me like, like we have the data that proves we can sell this product and this many of them. Let's put that money into that. That's tight. Um, so I'm just, I just, I have way more ideas than I can physically um, execute. So like being Dude, able I, to just try I to get all of you those out. That, I feel you on that, man. Sometimes I wish I could shut the shit off. Yeah, same, but. I don't know. That's I think that's one of the the refreshing things about diet too is that we've we've set up like a foundation that doesn't like box us into one type of product. Where you see like some brands who come out and they'll release a a bike or jewelry or whatever and it it may or may not do that well. Like people may only want this one item from them. But like with us, we kind of came out the gate with um, skateboards and jewelry and candles and like, mm. and all of this stuff that really shows you like, we're not just a t-shirt brand, like we're a brand that, that offers more. So it makes me think all of Chinatown those, market, how, like how they operate, like you can't really yeah, pin sure. them onto something. Yeah, they do. I mean, they do a ton of things. I mean, they're like they're one of the brands that we kind of um, pay attention to, like just to, just to get an idea of like uh, how their audience reacts to certain products and them pleasures, um, which we were a higher priced brand than both of those two. But um, those two brands are like two of the brand them rocket. Those brands are like brands that are really killing it online and in a retail space. Um, so we're, we're kind of like just looking at those brands, like, all right, like they're able to do this. Like we're kind of in a similar ecosystem as far as like lower even though our, like you said, our t-shirts are $70, like that's still a pretty expensive t-shirt to most people, but we're still lumped in this kind of like 
affordable fashion lane. So we definitely we definitely pay attention to see like what moves other brands are making, even though we may may or may not agree with the move they made or whatever. Um, obviously, you have it's, to. Yeah, it's still sick that you could look at Chinatown Market and be like, oh, they dropped a basketball. Let's see how people respond. They dropped like a set of trading cards. Like, let's see like how that stuff looks. It's like, and so a lot of ways, like you kind of learn just by looking at them. Yeah, I feel that. That's cool. I mean, that sounds pretty dope to me. Uh, and but I, we're kind of coming on two hours, but I want to switch gears real quick because there's something I noticed since last time we talked. Uh, you've gotten a lot more into fitness. Yeah. Like, I guess it has been since we, I mean, I, I was into it last, when I did the podcast, I just wasn't as, um, I guess I wasn't as focused then, but at the same time, like, I'm trying to think, was I already living in LA when I did the podcast? Um, I don't think you were. Uh, once I moved to LA, I was working out. I mean, really, that was just this last summer. Um, is it all the is it all the beautiful superficial people that made you want to just get your swole on? No, I actually think it was it was right before I moved. I was working out a lot, and um, I finally was just like starting to understand like what affected my body and like. I was just mm-hmm. really starting to understand like how my body worked. And once that like kind of kicked into gear, that's when I got more serious about it. Um, and then last, I guess at the beginning of like 2019 is when I really got a lot more serious about it. Like I was, even when I would like travel, I was working out every day in the hotel or, or whatever, oh, yeah. because I don't know, weight and weight is just one of those things like for you're probably one of the people who wants to put on weight. I'm like the opposite. I'm the one of the people who wants to get rid of weight. So like to me, putting on weight is super easy. Losing it is the hard part to you. Losing it is probably super easy. Putting it on is is, as hard as as it is for me to take it off. So um, I mean, we got different frames. You're, you're like a big dude. You're like six something dude. Like you're like, I mean, you're, you're a pretty beefy dude. Like, so it's like, yeah. you have like the natural structure to like be jacked me. I had the natural structure to be a scrawny little, little <laughs> shit. So it's like, I've always been like dealing with a complex of, I want to get bigger. I want to put on weight. And it's so funny to hear that. You're just, I want to get skinnier. Well, and that's the, that's the tough part too, is like everybody that I work out with is the opposite of John. John is like the same as me. He's John's like six, four, um, and he's just like a, a, he's like the same stature as me where he's, he's one of the only ones that can kind of relate in my circle, but everybody else is like, they're like 160 wanting to get up to 180. But if they stop working out or eating for a couple of days, they go down to like 150. I'm like, I could stop eating for a week and I still wouldn't, wouldn't drop any weight unless I like put in put in the work but um i mean that's what's been killing me for this quarantine is is not being able to go lift weights i have been dying dude yeah i uh luckily for me like right when i got because i was like i like i'm pretty i'm pretty serious about um staying at it 
So like my routine, no matter where I'm at is, is to, I mean, in LA, especially like I get up, I walk to the gym. Um, I, I stretch for a little bit, work out for like 45 minutes to an hour, hit the sauna nice. for like 20 minutes, Ooh, shower and then walk and then walk home. So by the time I'm home, I'm already like, cause I have an Apple watch. So like, I'm already like 1200 calories down by like, 9 10 a.m and so whenever i flew back here at first it was like at first the gyms were still like open for like a day or two yeah and it was like they just cut it off and so as soon as they as soon as they cut all the gyms off i went online and ordered like a couple dumbbells uh some resistance bands Oh, you did it at the right time. I missed that yeah. boat so hard, dude. I remember walking up to the gym and I was like, no, let yeah. me in. Shit, how am I going to get these fucking biceps? Well, and that was, the, I mean, because I had this goal for March and April where I was going to work out every day for those those two months. Wow. And, um, it's hardcore. Yeah, and so like as soon as I got here, luckily I already had like, some bands so I could do like banded workouts for like the first couple of days until my stuff came in. But, but I wish I had ordered more, especially knowing that this stuff is getting extended even longer. But now it's like, now stuff is so back ordered because everybody went haywire that you, I don't even know like if you can even find anything at this point, but I ended up getting like a little bench, a couple sets of dumbbells. I had like some bigger dumbbells ordered, but they ended up, never making it here um and then i got like a pull-up like tower power thing where i can do like pull-ups and chin-ups and stuff so i've got enough to to like hit my my goal of like 850 calories a day is like my my workout goal of like what i gotta hit so um but yeah I, i think that it was really, like I said, it wasn't really being, a lot of people thought like, oh, you moved to LA, now you want to work out all the time. It was really just like that perfect time to where I was understanding my body. And, but then I, I really just started posting it more. That was the main thing. Is like, I was always mm. working out. I just wasn't posting it. And then a guy- Did it really happen if you didn't post it? Oh, right. <laughs> and uh, a guy hit me, I was on vacation last summer and a, a trainer in LA reached out to me and he was like, Hey, I'm, I've been following you. Like I'm a fan of, of the brand or whatever. Like whenever you get back from Cabo or whatever, uh, come, come by my gym and I'll give you like a couple of sessions free. Dude, and nice. so I never worked out with the trainer and I went and worked out with him once and I had burned like th- twice the amount of calories in that workout than when I would normally work out by myself. And so he gave me like a couple more sessions free. And then eventually I'm like, all right, like, like I can't go back to the gym with these 300, 400 calorie workouts. Like I need to stay working out with you so I can get these 800, 900 calorie workouts. Damn. And I just, I kept working out with him and, just he really taught me uh like like you know a lot of people will go in 
and they're they'll have like chest day or arm day or arms and back or like whatever but yeah. this is like full body workouts every day so you may you may do chest every day but it may only be like one exercise or whatever and he really oh, taught wow. me a, a way that kept it like entertaining um and then to the point where we we've actually like talked about like we did like a couple of workout classes together where we did like a diet starts Monday workout class in LA. Oh, I think I saw that. I remember, yeah, I think I slightly remember where, seeing that. Where I did like, I did like some, some product for it and invited like 15 people, kind of like 15 influencer type people in LA. And they would come out for this workout, which is basically like a group version of his training. So he would lead the class and we would have product. Um, and it's something that we, we're trying to grow into something a little bit bigger, but obviously since this, um, since this virus in the, in the world is kind of shut down, like we haven't been able to, to focus on it, but yeah, that's the main thing is I, God I, damn, dude, you can't, you can't even work out without, without starting a new project. Jesus. <laughs> well, I, I'm just like, I always see, like, I almost always find opportunity in something. And so, I'm like, man, this is because I post it. I'm like, man, this is dope. I post it and then I would see the reaction like, oh, man, this is crazy. Like, I would love to come to this. And then after like a couple and the people are hitting me like, yo, how can I get an invite to this or mm -hmm. or whatever? And I'm like, man, maybe this is maybe there's something here because like for somebody like me who's never worked out with a trainer or whatever, like for somebody like me to to be impressed by it, I'm like, I'm sure that there's a ton of other people just like me um who would who would love this so uh, but exercise exercise but make it fashion but diet starts monday is just like the perfect it's like the perfect brand to umbrella that like oh yeah it kind of is isn't it yeah <laughs> so that i think about it it's just like we really like we really got like a good um bro i don't care what products you make for your exercise line just make sure there's zippers on the pockets because there's nothing worse than when you're trying to do some bench presses and your phone falls yeah, out of your pocket out, yeah that is the worst dude yeah i mean when that's the other thing too is like there's not a ton of fashion or there's not a ton of like fitness lines that like fitness but make it fashion there's not a ton of those so there was like do you think gym sharks kind of fashionable or you think it's just kind of like gym shit I think that the people that wear that are gym people who buy True. it. But I think that like Diet Starts Monday would be like fish fashion people that buy buy that to work out opposed to fitness people that buy it to kind of be fashion. Like I I think that's it's different when it's like when there's like a fat when there's like a fitness brand that does fashion it's like it's just fitness clothing but when there's like a fashion oh. brand that does fitness clothing I see what you're saying it's different it's almost like if rick owens did fashion clothing it's different than if jim shark did rick owens clothing then it's like yo like you cross the line ah. here. yeah because jim shark's thinking from like different shit jim shark's thinking like how can i make sure her ass cheeks don't sweat through the pants or like right. they're thinking like how do i make your balls breathe better they're, they're not thinking like how do i make your balls breathe better and look hella tight you know what I'm saying? well and my, and my whole thing too was like i would i would go to the gym and 
like I don't really want to be in like a tight fitted like workout shirt um like I want to like I still want to look like I look walking on the street I'm just in the gym working out but in clothes that are still like performance clothes so um I just shoot I ain't working out no $70 shirt you got me messed up (laughs) no 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 but uh, I mean and we everything would obviously be like tailored to fit the the market like um, there's a there's a couple like running brands that do it where from like a, a fashionable stance but i haven't seen too many like fashion brands do workout clothing we actually we did some in 2018 when we collabed with uh 5-4 and grand ac we had uh we had a couple like workout shorts and jackets that we that we did with them but that was re- i think that was really like the start of it was like you know we could we could do fashion we could do fitness stuff but make it from a fashion standpoint and i think that there's obviously I, there's a market for it because every time i post anything fitness related like i get a really good response but i think that a lot of people are just really um really in tune with like self betterment i I don't know about right now like now the gyms and stuff are closed like a lot of people have been hit me like man i haven't been able to work out and this and that but i think when stuff opens back up i think people are going to be trying to get in shape as fast as possible because they've missed they've missed those pre-summer gym months I already know I'm not getting those gains back, but if there's one thing I've been doing is like, I've become a runner. Like after this conversation, I'm going to go for a run. Like I've just become a cardio dude. Like I went from avoiding cardio at all costs to now doing mostly cardio. And it's kind of tight. It's kind of meditative for me. I like it. Yeah. I don't, I don't really do. uh, I was doing like cardio like a a year or two ago, like a lot. Um, But running was just too bad on my, on my knees. And so that's just old man knees, I guess. But word. word. Well, hey Devin, uh, we're coming up on two hours. I say we uh put a nail in this coffin right here. Sounds good. I gotta get some lunch. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I gotta uh actually I don't really have anything that pressing, but you know, two hours is a good amount of time frame because we both know that we could talk for way too fucking long. For sure. <laughs> we talked for like three hours and a whole camera battery changed the first time, so but dude, man, um, I really appreciate you having on having you on again, man. I feel like uh, I always enjoy talking to you, especially now that we've already talked before. It's like so much more comfortable, and I, I love this this setup. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I was glad to glad to do it. As soon as you hit me, I'm like, works for me. Like, I've been I've been sitting in the house, like not talking to hardly anybody for for two three months. So, um, and the fact that like I am a homebody, like. I didn't have to get in the car and drive to to Maryland to do this like that. I just had to like get the computer and come upstairs. So I was, uh, but I'm always, obviously I'm always glad to like get on and talk about like what we have going on and stuff like that. So um, definitely thank you for, for extending the the invite again. Always, dude. You're all, you're always welcome, on, man. You got it. You got if you, you just hit me up like, like Bruce. I'm coming on. I'm like, all right, let's do it, baby. <laughs> For sure. No worries.
Sounds All right, guys. Good. Well, that's it. Please check out Davin in Diet Starts Monday. Hopefully, you could cop a shirt or anything he puts out there. Um, I didn't even bring it up, but I did want to talk about those pill uh, candles, but we'll save that for another time. Those are so sick. But anyways, guys, um, that's it. That's the angle. Peace out.